Garrison and Toth presents The Shift with Jack Johnson on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM at 94.5 FM. It is the end of the week, and it's another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Well, since it's the end of the week, there's only one more show in which we can break down the Chiefs and the Bills, which will kick off Sunday night at 5.30 on CBS. Nance and Romo on the call. I know for a lot of you listening, uh, this is the game you've been anticipating since week 14. A rematch with Buffalo. Maybe you've been anticipating this game ever since the first playoff go around of, man, I can't wait till we get to play the Bills in Buffalo in front of their fan base, in front of their crowd, in conditions like there's going to be Sunday night. And we've had so many segments dedicated this week to going over the legacy of this game, you know, going over what's at stake, and really what's on the line for both franchises. I know it kind of goes hand-in-hand with stakes and legacy, but we all know how big this game is. And we could sit here for 53 more minutes and dive into each and every reason why it matters so much to the Chiefs, why it matters so much to the Buffalo Bills. I did think, however, more from an on-field standpoint, more from a game plan standpoint, that it would be a good idea to give some keys to the game as to how the Chiefs can take down the Buffalo Bills for the third time in the postseason and for the sixth consecutive year move on to the AFC Championship game. Want to dive right into things and these keys, so let's not waste any time. My first key is pretty simple. Uh, we saw for a little bit in the Steelers-Bills wild card game that once Bernard was out, we know Matt Milano is out, that Mason Rudolph, as average as a quarterback as he is, he was able to dissect the defense over the middle, the soft parts of the zone. Buffalo plays a lot of zone. And when you have linebackers that are not fast enough or not athletic enough to fill those spots, to fill the large areas of the middle of the field, well, it can be a long night for your defense. And the reason Pittsburgh was able to make that a game was because Mason Rudolph was able to attack that middle of the field. That's where Fryermuth came open. Uh, that's where Jalen Warren came open over the middle of the field. George Pickens a few times. Uh, Deontay Johnson. And that really uh, sounded some alarm bells for me. Because it wasn't like Buffalo was just rotating in some guys and it was a couple of plays they couldn't cover the middle. They got banged up in that game. I mean, the two linebackers they desperately need out there to play a very effective zone the way they've played it effectively against the Chiefs in numerous outcomes, they're not going to have them. So key number one for me, you know, it sounds simple to say establish the run, all of that, take care of the football, I get it. But more of a advanced approach here, more than just numbers and stats, I would love to see the Chiefs attack that middle part of the zone. 
That's where Travis Kelsey thrives. That's where Rashi Rice can thrive. That's how this offense opens up. If you can't cover the middle of the field, it's going to be a long, long night for the defense. On the flip side, I'm sure Buffalo is looking at the tape they had against the Steelers and thinking to themselves, the Chiefs are going to try to exploit this. They are going to try to go over the middle of the field where the soft spot of that zone is. They're likely already trying to figure out ways to counteract that and make sure it doesn't happen. However, I'm not changing the game plan. That should be how the Chiefs attack Buffalo offensively. If you can attack that middle, there's no way that the Bills are going to stop you all night long. Because that's the easiest ball to throw. Right over the middle. And it doesn't have to be 10, 15, 20 yards. It can be 5 or 7. Set it up for Isaiah Pacheco, who didn't play in the Week 14 matchup. No-brainer to me. There will probably be uh, some form of a a switch-up on the defensive side for Buffalo. There's going to be ways they can uh, hide the weaknesses of that zone. I just trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid that they'll be able to uncover those pretty early on in this game. So number one for me, attack the middle spot, the soft spot of that zone on the Buffalo defense. Jake, do you have a key to this game early on? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, my key is going to be on the opposite side. I think it's the Bills rushing attack versus the Chiefs defensive front. Um, Chiefs second-ranked defense in the league, but yet they're – Run stop has been an issue for them. It was pretty obvious in in the Raiders game, even though they did they you know they didn't give up. With they they had two defensive touchdowns on the other side. You know they they, they lost that game by mm-hmm. barely giving up any points on the defensive side. Um, but their yards per carry is four and a half yards per carry, um, and so we both we all we all know that Spagnolo likes to blitz. Yep, and and so. That's that's one way to beat the blitz is to run the ball well. Um, it, we both know that Spagnuolo likes to be aggressive downfield and play a lot of man. If you're blitzing, you have to play man. Um, look, the Chiefs' rushing defense held the Dolphins to 76 yards last week, so they did their job, uh, especially with a very dynamic Miami run game. So I think uh, my key is stopping James Cook and and most importantly. Josh Allen, keeping him contained. Uh, you're more worried about the design. We've talked about that all week long, even in the last week when we were previewing the Steelers-Bills game, that they're going to have design runs for Josh Allen. And stopping the ball, uh, stopping the run game for the Bills is going to be paramount for the Chiefs to get pressure, and uh, especially down the stretch. So uh, that's my key. It's going to be the, the Bills' run game against the, the Chiefs' blitzing-slash-defensive front. Yeah, this Bills running game feels a lot different than years past. I think for the most part, it's pretty much the same Buffalo team and how they're going to beat you. But James Cook, uh, he has really come on strong of late uh, over the last, you know, I would say five, six weeks, maybe going back to a month. No, in that Dallas game, he really popped with nearly 180. Though he's had his, his lesser games, only 70 against the Chargers, 48 against New England, and 36 against Miami. But against the Steelers, that's good enough. 18 for 79, I would say that's a pretty effective day on the ground. So he can he can pop at any given moment. The Chiefs have to make sure that uh, James Cook is bottled up in this game because if he's not, uh, it is going to make life very easy for Josh Allen you know, throwing the football. James Cook is kind of that 
know, trustworthy back that he has that if the offense is struggling a little bit, uh, try to establish the run and get things going. I thought he was pretty damn good uh, when they played the Chiefs back at Arrowhead Stadium in Week 14. My second key to the game here uh, comes down to red zone efficiency. Both of these teams have their issues. I don't think uh, the Chiefs are you know, dealing with the same issues Buffalo has. Buffalo just turns it over. Josh Allen has a lot of red zone turnovers. Most of the time it's on third down when he's trying to force the issue. He does not want to settle for three. Where I think at times Kansas City is too reliant on settling for three. You know, if they have first and goal from the five and it gets to fourth and goal, they're kicking that field goal. They're taking the points. I will say this, because I believe it was in yesterday's episode, I said in playoff games like this, you've got to take the points wherever they are. You can't be overly aggressive unless Buffalo forces your hand a little bit. If Buffalo's scoring you know, a touchdown every other drive, you can't be settling for three. That's exactly what led to the demise of the Bills in the COVID year against the Chiefs. When they came into Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs were scoring touchdowns every other drive, and Sean McDermott and the Bills were settling for three. It resulted in that game, for the most part, being a blowout. Then, when they returned to the divisional round, uh, the following year, was it? Yeah, the following year. Uh, they went blow for blow. They tried to keep up with the Chiefs' offense, and it resulted in an overtime loss. Different Chiefs team this year, not as high-powered offensively, and this is the first time that the Bills have faced the Chiefs in the playoffs without Tyreek Hill, and that is a huge factor in this game. Now, not for the season, because the Chiefs have played without Tyreek Hill all season long, but there's not that elite, over-the-top receiver the Bills have to worry about. Now, the Chiefs, I think, have to get creative. Not cute, creative with their red zone offense. Um, I don't know how you can simplify things more than they should be simplified. I mean, it's five yards from the end zone. I know it can be difficult when it's first and ten or, or, excuse me, first and goal from the 10-yard line, it's tough to punch it in. You no longer can get the first down. But if it's, you know, first and 10 from the 15, you got to find ways to get the ball into the end zone at that point. you got a first down to spare. No running the ball with heavy force in those spots is uh, really, I think, the best recipe for it. Easier said than done. This feels like a couple of times the Chiefs, you know, almost force the issue in throwing the football. And I think a lot of the times, you know, Patrick Mahomes is either you know, checking that ball down, not letting the play develop too much, and of course you got to put faith in Patrick Mahomes, extending plays. feels like sometimes in the red zone, though, it's just get rid of the ball quickly. There's not many guys that can get open or catch the ball, for that matter, in this offense. It just really feels like a huge difference maker for this offense. If you can find ways, even in five red zone trips, to have touchdowns on three of them, That'll win you the football game. A 60% success rate in the red zone, that's huge. That is huge in this game because Buffalo may hand you the ball when they're in the red zone. I trust the Chiefs' defense standing strong facing the Bills in the red zone. Then I trust the Bills' defense, which is pretty depleted and riddled with injuries, to hold down the Chiefs in the red zone for long. I also don't think the Chiefs are going to be as bad as they were last week in the red zone like they were against Miami, settling for what was it? You know, five field goals, four field goals, something like that. You take points where you can get them, I and it obviously comes down to how that game is looking. I mean, if the Chiefs jump out 7-0 and they get the ball back and they get back down in the red zone and it's you know fourth and goal from the two, as crazy as it sounds, I'm all right taking the three there. I, I don't need to have the dagger shot 
uh, to go up 14 nothing or risk you know not having any points in that drive because I feel like you got to play the defense here. You keep giving the defense points, you give them a two-score lead, that's a good thing. But if the Bills jump out 7-0 and the Chiefs have a fourth and goal from the two-yard line on their next drive, I'm going for it. Because the Bills are going to show you, if you're going to keep up with us here, you're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to go for it on fourth down, which kind of feels like uncharted territory for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's my second key to the game. Jake, what do you got for number two? Yeah, if you would have told me just at the beginning of the year that, okay, Chiefs are going to face the Bills in the playoffs – and you told me, what are you going to really be keying on? And it's going to be, like, this is my second key. It's going to be Spagnolo against Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I think you're crazy. Right? But that's where we're at. Yeah. I think third down conversions, stopping the Bills on third down conversions is, uh, is for me, a giant. Because they're the best in the league at it, at 49.8% conversion rate. You know, Chiefs are fifth. But the Bills are first. So you get them off the ball. You get them converting. Maybe that clip is 35%. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you knock them down. You know, you're going to stop drives. You're gonna, because a lot of that is Josh Allen getting loose on it with his legs. And we saw it on the opposite side because that's, that's what makes these two guys, these two quarterbacks, like probably the two best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Is their 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 danger once you look downfield? Their first option's not available. Their second option's not available. They can tuck it and go. And both of them are are, are hard guys to contain. And you almost have to spy them both all the time, which takes a whole another guy out of your defense, which singles up another guy on the outside. So I think Spagnolo timing his blitzes mm-hmm. and really you know sending four if they're able to send four. And because they're probably going to be spying him most of the time, you know, if he holds off on some of those exotic blitzes that he likes to get into, and they can only rush four, and they can, we know what their corners can do in McDuffie and Sneed. If they can, if they can get them stopped on third down and in those drives, then, and, and that's why it goes back into my first key. If you can slow them down on first and second down, if they're not getting, you know, six yards per clip, mm-hmm. so it's you know it's it's third and three. You know, in, instead it's it's third and seven, third and long. You know that's that's going to be advantageous for the Chiefs. So I think Bills third down and, and the Chiefs third down defense against the Bills offense. I think that for me, you know, it, it's like my first two keys are <laughs> are on the defensive side of the ball. You know, and that's crazy to me that mm-hmm. you wouldn't think. Okay, well, Mahomes and, and these wide receivers and Kelsey getting. You know, to your point, I I do like your your first. Your first key to the game is that soft middle for the the Bills, and I think that plays plays in big time. If you look at Kelsey's numbers against the Bills, he he mm-hmm. has some big games. Oh yeah, you know. And so I think this might be a, a you know quote unquote. It's hard to even say this for the future Hall of Famer, but a breakout game for Travis Kelsey. It, it does feel like it's been ages since he's had that big time Travis Kelsey performance, and. Maybe he is just too banged up. Maybe it's really hard to envision a 100-plus yard performance. Now is as good as time as ever, though, when you think about it. I mean, it has been a long time since we've seen the 100-yard receiving game. He's only done it twice this year, right? Only twice, and I believe it was the Chargers uh, at home and Denver at home. You go back to October 29th uh, against Denver. Back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I mean, he... He didn't have any in November. He didn't have any in December. He hasn't had any in January. Now, 
He had 7 for 71 against Miami. I think that's good enough in this game. If you get 7 for 71, 8 for 80, I think that's a very good, you know, turnout uh, for Travis Kelsey in this game. And he hasn't gotten in the end zone since that Philadelphia game. No, it's it's been a weird feeling. Uh, just cuz I think of those red zone struggles as well. So that is something I'm absolutely going to be watching for. And even though your keys are on the defensive side of the ball, it is vitally important that this defense doesn't look like they did against Green Bay, uh, where they're just getting carved up, couldn't stop the run. You know, Jordan Love looked really comfortable, couldn't put any pressure on Josh Al- or on Jordan Love in that game. If you can't get any pressure on Josh Allen, force him into a mistake, it could be dangerous territory. That That's kind of the scary thing about this Buffalo offense. They can put up 40, 45 points, even against good defenses. However, this Chiefs defense, I would say the best they've faced all year long. They do have the upper hand to an extent that this Buffalo team turns it over a lot, and the Chiefs don't force a lot of turnovers because they're just gifting you the ball in some spots. Josh Allen makes some dumb throws. He's damn good at home. Uh, I would say he takes better care of the ball when he's at home. The Chiefs got to do... You know, that and then some, though. You can't just rely on him making a bad throw or two. You got to go out there and make a big time play. And that's going to lead into key number three. What sucks the life out of a stadium? We, we've known this with Patrick Mahomes hosting playoff games. What sucks the life out of a stadium is two things one, an opening drive touchdown. So I'm going to throw that in as a bonus key for this game. If the Chiefs get the ball to open the game and Orchard Park, Highmark Stadium is just ravenous. It is hostile, it is loud, and the Bills can't stop the Chiefs on a pair of third downs. And let's say it takes the Chiefs eight plays to punch it in the end zone. Sucks the life out of the crowd. That I mean, that's a perfect scenario. I can't imagine a better start to the game other than kicking off to begin the game, three and out, or a turnover, march down the field and score. Now that, to me, is the dream scenario on Sunday night. Not saying it's possible, but you never know. You never know with this Bills offense and this Chiefs defense. So that's kind of my throw-in bonus key here. If you can open up the game just like you did against Miami, that opening drive touchdown, it just drains the life out of a crowd that's going to be drinking from probably 6 a.m. on, if not before that. And they, may not, they might not go to sleep, to be honest with you. Um, and making sure a hostile crowd stays quiet, that's huge. And how much tension there's going to be in the stands – the nerves, I mean, I think debilitating nerves would be the best way to describe Buffalo's feeling toward this game on Sunday night because they know they just can't lose. Not just because their season ends, because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't lose to this team in your own house. So that's my bonus throw-in. My third key is finding one spot. I'm not asking for two or three turnovers. One spot to turn the ball over when you've got a lead. Now, it's kind of two and one there, but there's a a huge difference, I believe, in just turning the ball over willy-nilly whenever. You know, I'm just saying, oh, you got to win the turnover battle. That goes without saying. To me, the Chiefs can win this game in a monumental flip of just energy in the stadium. If they score a touchdown or if they are up 7-0, 10-7, 14-7, whatever the case may be, and they first force turnover in that spot, that can dictate the game. That can be the moment where you go, remember that turnover that Allen had or the fumble that James Cook had and the Chiefs took the ball and went down and scored? 
That's the difference in the game. You go back to the Christmas Day game, the Chiefs and the Raiders, right? It was back-to-back defensive touchdowns for the, the Raiders. But that pick six was the one that was like, holy hell. That's what flipped the game. Because that gave the Raiders the lead, and they never looked back from that point. In the playoffs, when you're on the road, turnovers are just the lifeblood of pulling off an upset. It makes everybody in the stands frustrated as hell, irate. They go into agonizing pain from that. It's how you just carry your momentum and really put the hammer down. This could happen, too, in the first quarter. I'm not giving this a timeline of has to be in the fourth, has to be in the third. Any point in this game when the Chiefs had the lead. Because the psyche changes after that. No, if you're down 7-0 first quarter, let's say the Chiefs have an opening drive touchdown, and then the Bills turn it over, now it turns into, well, we're going to have to stop them. Other than we got to come back. Now it's like we got to worry about not only this defense forcing turnovers, and once you turn it over once, it's in everybody's mind. It is in everybody's mind of, well, they better not make it two, and if they do have two, they better not make it three. Now when you have the clean game, no penalties, no turnovers, You just move the ball effortlessly. We saw it against Miami last week when the Chiefs weren't getting penalized and they weren't turning it over. The Dolphins couldn't stop them. The minute, though, you force that turnover with the lead, it can shake a stadium. And the Chiefs have to make sure at Highmark Stadium on Sunday night the Bills fans are never in it. That's 99.9% probably not going to happen. I mean, this fan base is going to look for every reason to be fired up and amped up, even if they're down 14 to 20 points, which, again, is very unlikely. But you know this fan base is going to be ready to go, making sure in big moments of that game the opening kick. You know, if you fall behind 7-0 and you got the ball backed up on your own end zone, you got to make sure you're not the one that has that turnover. You're not the one that crumbles. It's important to have that turnover when you've got a lead. It sucks the life out of the stadium. It drains the energy of a team, and it puts them in scramble mode. That can be in the first, second, third, or fourth quarter. It does not matter. I could have sat here and said, win the turnover battle. That goes without saying. Chiefs can't lose the turnover battle and win this football game, in my opinion. Forcing that turnover up by however many points, massive for this game. That's my third and final key. Jake, what's your third and final key? Limit the penalties, mm-hmm. especially on the offensive line. We saw a touchdown taken off the board. Questionable call, maybe. But still, look, Wanya Morris is in pro- concussion protocol, and we don't know if he'll be available. Good news is Donovan Smith looks like he's healthy mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to go. So, And, and look, Juwan Taylor has been the most penalized individual in the NFL this season and, and the highest penalized player since 2015. Right, They have mm-hmm. to cut that down. Like you said, you can always mention the turnover battles, sure. But being able to run this ball with Pacheco and having the offensive line have a clean game, like you put a lot of money into this offensive line. It's, they did a great job last week of keeping Mahomes protected, and uh, I think that that goes hand-in-hand in hand with mm-hmm. no penalties. Keep Mahomes protected, no bad penalties on the offensive line, and I think you'll have a clean game. I, I think that those keys, I, I think you're going to look at a, a successful Chiefs team going in into Buffalo and, and pulling off the upset. 
Oh, man. I mean, I just wanted to, I've said this now like three times this week. I've, I've never wanted to rush through a weekend, but to get to Sunday night, I think that's what everybody's feeling like. Yeah. Right now in Kansas City. I, I think you said it best. Just get me to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Just get me to tomorrow. Give me the appetizers. I'll, that'll <laughs> that'll do until Sunday, the main course. But just get me get me to get me to games tomorrow, and I'll be a happy man. Now, Jake, this is unprecedented territory for Chiefs fans. At least going back to 2018, for the first time in five six years. Chiefs fans are going to be watching games at bars, watching games at big watch parties, maybe at home, because you're not going to be going to the game. Uh, unless you've got a lot of money and you want to make that venture out to Buffalo, be my guest. Uh, that shows a lot of dedication to you as a fan or for you as a fan. Where are you going to be watching this game? Are you going to find your your uh, yourself at a bar? Are you going to be at home? Are you going to a friend's house? Where are you going to be watching Chiefs and Bills? I don't do well in public. <laughs> I, I do better than I used to. Yeah, But big games like this, giant games like this, I struggle mm-hmm. um, to be around. You know, look, fans are fans. And sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you know, look, you just there's, there's some people sometimes that aren't very logical out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know if I can put myself in an environment quite like you know like a, a public bar to be watching this game I'll yeah. I'll be sitting in a recliner um, with a nice hot cup of bone broth <laughs> watching this game uh, on Sunday night but hey look I, I've thought about it I almost uh, I know chicken and pickle Garrick Dieter is going to be mm-hmm. up there that'd be a great place to watch the game I thought long and hard about going up there and watching it uh, I think Sherman's going to be up there with him too so if, if you're looking for a place to go free pub to chicken and pickle. Go hang out with Garrick Dieter, great dude. Um, but yeah, get some pickleball in and get get some Chiefs football in Sunday night. Um, so I, I just I thought about it, but for this game, I need to be locked in. Especially you know, Monday will be a big day. I need to be probably mm-hmm. well rested, and, yep. and and you know, you, you tend to get caught up in, in some celebrations. You miss things here and there, mm-hmm. and, and you know, there's a lot of distractions. I need to. Uh, Need to limit my distractions and, and be really locked in on this game, but it's going to be a big one. Yourself? <sighs> I I haven't decided yet, but I got to decide quickly because you know I have called around a few places and they're like, "This place is going to be packed. You're going to have to get here for kickoff with the Bucks and Lions," which I've got no issue with. I'm fine watching football at a bar before uh, the Chiefs and Bills because, like the appetizer, as you said, Saturday is our appetizer. I am the opposite of you, though that. If I am, I think my worst self comes out at watch parties in smaller groups. That's when I'll be tough to watch with. In public, I know that I don't know a lot of these people, so I'm not going to be crazy. I'm not going to be crazy stuff like that. So maybe the best thing for me is to go to a bar. But then if you lose while you're at a bar, that's when things can get tough. There's a couple of options to go to. You got the chicken and pickles. You said. Tanner's always throws a great watch party over on 143rd. Uh, the Kingdom as well. That's we, pretty. We call new. that the Bluma Tanner's. The Bluma. Yep, that is That's Bluma's safe Bluma's haven. Home. The back room of Tanner's is Bluma's safe haven. <laughs> is where I'm sure he might be it's for the cool. game. He, he holds court back there. <laughs> he does. But uh, wherever you're watching the game, hope you stay safe. Hope you have a good time. And hopefully, this is not the last time. We're going to be previewing a Chiefs football game for 2023-2024, but there's always the chance that when we come in here on Monday, it will be a funeral. 
it'll be the end of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs, which none of us are ready for. No, here. but I, it's literally a coin flip. It is. This game is so tight. I mean, it's it's why it's the closest game on the board in all of Vegas. And it's mm-hmm. just it can go either way. No, no result would really shock me. Yeah, I I hate the fact that this is something I I just can't bet on this game because there's too much bias that would be involved. In the regular season, it's easier. It's like, oh, chasing Bills. I think the Bills are going to win at Arrowhead Stadium. Too late for and me. And it happened. Yeah. It, well, Jake Jake has already put some money down on prop bets. We got we got the a money line pick here. What do we got? I, I The line was moving earlier in the week. I want to say Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, it jumped up to three and a half. Ooh. And I, I hammered you, it. You got to get on that. Yeah, I hammered it at three and a half, and then it went quickly down. So... I'm sitting on three and a half, which that hook. Th- I mean, because look, when it drops, when it drops from six to four, uh-huh. right? Or, or you know, it's the numbers around three and the numbers around seven are the important ones, right? Like mm-hmm. if, even if it takes a two point dip from six to four, it's still like you know, most of the NFL games end in three points or seven point. You know, mm-hmm. I, for obvious reasons, yeah, right, for obvious reasons. So to get that th- that half point is especially when it's around three. You know, two and a half to three, It's that's a big deal uh, for me. So to get a three and a half, uh, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I had some peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but I hopped on it, so I I, I haven't looked at the uh, the props. I like the anytime touchdowns. Um, Those are the best one to go with, yeah, in my opinion. Probably I, I might look at a Kelsey anytime touchdown in this game. I'm not sure what it's at right now, but. I feel like feel like he's due. He hasn't had a touchdown since Week 11 against the Eagles. I, I feel like this would be a a, a prime opportune time for him mm-hmm. to uh, to put you know six points on the board for the Chiefs. Well, Chiefs and Bills Sunday night 5:30 on CBS. You can also listen to post game with Josh Briscoe over on Sports Radio 810 WHB immediately following the game. We'll take our first break of the show. When we come back, I've got a very interesting stat. On Lamar Jackson going into this game against the Houston Texans and why maybe, just maybe, you might want to throw down some coin on the Houston Texans. That's next on ESPN Kansas City. Back here on The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside the great producer, Jake Gutierrez. Well, it will be the Ravens and Texans kicking off as the first game in the divisional weekend. And we've already made our picks. Believe Jake's got Baltimore winning by double digits. I think I had the Texans covering, but really no merit behind it. I did not find this stat until yesterday. And I was sent it by a good buddy, Joel Penfield of the KC Sports Network, who found it on Nick Wright's podcast. And I'm going to do this only once and for one game. So we can we can change our picks if we would like to here. Only game that we're going to, we're going to do it for here, though. So Lamar Jackson has struggled in the playoffs. We, we've known that. He's got one playoff win. It was against the Titans a few years back. Big time. Big time mental hurdle. Struggle bus. For Lamar. But here's a stat I think people should know if you are going to put some money down on the game. Lamar Jackson is 1-6 against the spread off extended rest. They've got a first-round bye. They haven't played since week, what would it be, 18? 
So Lamar's had he time. He didn't even off. play in that game. He didn't even play. So we're talking week seventeen is the last time he played. Two weeks yeah. then. That, that's when they played the Steelers and they had all yep. their backups. That's right. So two weeks of rest. Lamar is terrible against the spread. The spread, by the way, is nine and a half. I think it's moved between nine and a half and ten, so roughly double digits. Here's the other stat that may lead you in one direction. He hasn't played a game this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And what are we now? January 19th? Correct. January 19th. It's been a while. Well, you can be a little bit rusty. Now, here's this. Lamar Jackson is 1-8 against the spread as more than a touchdown favorite. This comes from Nick Wright's podcast, and it was sent to me by good buddy Joel Penfo, the KC Sports Network. So having that information in front of you, Jake, are you changing your pick from Baltimore minus the points to Houston plus that 9.5 slash 10? No. I'm You're going to stick with I'm it. Sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I, those, I get it. Those are, mm-hmm. those are numbers you should look at. You should pay attention to them. But how many times was he... Uh, how many times do, do, do those numbers apply to this year? This yeah, uh, that's a fair question because they went thirteen and four this year, um, and a lot of the games they were big time favorite. I mean, they had a couple of blowout wins, so you had to think with big spreads they would have been just fine. So I think a lot of it does factor into previous years. And I think this quarterback looks like a different quarterback. Okay. I, I, I okay. there's something different. There's some I, I can't really put my finger on it. I think it's an attitude. I think it's a, a purpose that he's playing with. That look, that guy has has he's going to he's about to win his second MVP, mm-hmm. right? And I don't even think that really matters to him. No, I, it shouldn't. I, yeah, I mean, not with the postseason struggles that he's had. I think it's more important that he gets that monkey off his back of the stigma, the stink that's on him about mm-hmm. how he gets to the playoffs and he fails, right? So I, I like I said earlier in the week. I don't think there's a quarterback with more pressure on them this week in the divisional round than Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to go out there. I think he's going to have a statement game. I think he's going to plant his flag and say, here we are. This is different. Mm -hmm. We are different. And, you know, look, I could be absolutely wrong about it. They could go out and lay a stinker. And you know what? It wouldn't hurt my feelings to be wrong in this situation. Yeah. I, I, I will. I'll openly be rooting against my pick. I'll be rooting yeah. for C.J. Stroud. That's a better for the Chiefs uh, right. going into that game against Buffalo. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, lo- I love C.J. Stroud. And mm-hmm. obviously we weren't doing this show during the draft, mm-hmm. but I was, this is the guy. This is the mm-hmm. kid. You know, when they, when, and obviously Frank Wright thought that too and didn't yep. get his way, <laughs> and now he's no longer a coach in Carolina. But... I, I, there were people around the league that, that thought this, too, mm-hmm. that when the Panthers took Bryce Young, the, the big mistake. You missed on this. This is the guy. This is the kid with the pedigree, mm-hmm. and he's a winner. He's a proven winner. Um, and I, 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 I've loved watching him. I mean, he's a freaking MVP candidate. That's the level that he's played. Mm-hmm. He set all-time records for rookies. And think about, think about the rookie. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously Patrick Mahomes didn't play as a yeah. rookie. But Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, Brady came in late. But, like, with that all said, like, he went the the most attempts ever without a pick mm-hmm. for a rookie. He broke yeah. that, shattered that record. Um, so, look, what a what a awesome statement he would be making 
if he went into Baltimore and knocked off the number one seed. Mm-hmm. So I'm rooting for that. I, I totally am rooting for that. But my logic, the, the, the logical side of my mind after watching the Ravens all season long yeah. and listening to Lamar Jackson and, and, and watching this team around him, like they'll have an, they'd have they've had so many injuries. They it's like they don't they don't skip a beat. Okay, mm-hmm. next man up, let's do it. You know, his his you know his blankie, his safety blankie, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews goes down, and they're like, oh no, what are they going to do? Isaiah likely steps up, mm-hmm. and that guy's been a stud. You know, uh, and so it's like there's been an, enough adversity for this team to fold, or or at least not even fold. Right, this team was never going to fold, mm-hmm. but take a step back, regret, yeah. regress to the mean, and, and they did the, the opposite. You know, they went into San Francisco and laid a smackdown on them. They had a statement game against the Dolphins, which, you know, now it's looking like maybe the Dolphins, that's who they were. Yeah. Right? But still, they, they've they stepped up to every challenge, and they've met it head on, and they, they've overcome it. Mm-hmm. Leaps and bounds beyond what, what you would think. Because, I mean... I thought they were going to beat the Niners. I thought that because they were the underdog in that game. Yeah, they were. And, and I took the money line, and I was like, well, I think they can go in there and, and, and get a win. Mm-hmm. I think they could come out a real close game, but I think they can go in there and get a win. And they went in. Blew the doors off them. Curb stomped them. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I just I don't think even that mattered to them. I think they were. this is what they've been waiting for. This, is, this moment is what this whole season has been building up. Even in the offseason when, you know, Picking flowers in the first round mm-hmm. and, and putting Lamar Jackson in a situation to be successful. Yep. You know, offensive new offensive coordinator or, or is it second year there? Uh, at first or second? Yeah, yeah, it's very early on right. his tenure. Right. So them putting putting the pieces of, around Lamar to be successful and it's it, look it's to to me in my eyes it's just looked like a different Lamar Jackson and so hey the proof's in the pudding he's gonna have to go out and do it but I. It's hard for me not to think that that's going to happen. You know, and I did the same thing in the wild card round. Like, I rooted against my pick. I had Buffalo winning by double digits. But still, I was like, I want Pittsburgh to do that. I want Pittsburgh to pull this upset, setting up, you know, Pittsburgh going to Baltimore and the Chiefs getting Houston in the divisional round. But in the back of my mind, I was like, do I really want that? Do I really, as an NFL fan, you know, of course, Chiefs fans here, but NFL fan, consumer experience, did I really want Houston and then Pittsburgh going and getting curb stomped by Baltimore? I still would have set up Lamar versus Mahomes, which is kind of what I'm rooting for if the Chiefs get past Josh Allen because you talk about building up your resume. You know, you've never played a road playoff game, and then you go into Buffalo, beat Josh Allen, go into Baltimore, beat Lamar. That's the next best thing for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can't deny that, especially with the, the roster he's got this year. Still a talented one, not as talented as it's been in years past. The question I have, though, even though, like you, Jacob, me rooting against my pick of you know Baltimore still winning this football game, I've got the Texans covering, so I'll root for that. But I'll be rooting for Houston in this game. A Chiefs-Texans AFC title game, I don't think would do much for me. It'd be fun, Stroud versus Mahomes, but to me, it's Lamar versus Mahomes in the AFC title game. That would really be intriguing to me. Of course, any team the Chiefs would draw, assuming they get past Buffalo in the AFC title game, would be enticing. Lamar and Mahomes just has a different feeling. My question to you, though, Jake, is if Lamar loses this game, can he ever recover from it? Losing at home once again, they were the number one seed. They lose to an AFC South team. 
They're losing to a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach, as talented as they are. Can you recover from something like this? Both of his MVP years, they would have lost in their first playoff game. I, I don't know if you ever really come back from it. You might mm-hmm. be able to maybe shine some of the tarnish off it. But, I mean, the only, at this point, if, he, if that were to happen, the only way you get, get that, that smell off you is you host the Lombardi. I mean that you know, and then and mm. then it's like that's the great story, mm. you know, and then yeah. that's like the the hero's journey. Yes, you know, but like you know, but that that is that is the only because mm-hmm. right now, look, if he goes in and he loses in the Super Bowl to the Niners or the Lions, and you know, after he beats C.J. Stroud and then beats the winner of the Bills and Chiefs, you know, and then loses in the Super Bowl, okay. Uh-huh. All right, Lamar made it to the Super Bowl, but at that point in time, if you were to lose to C.J. Stroud this weekend, yeah, getting to the Super Bowl is not going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's still going to be like, no. look, look, mm-hmm. you're you're like you lost when you had the number one seed. Yep. You know, getting to the Super Bowl for the Ravens this year would be, you know, that's not what they're looking to do. Mm-hmm. They're looking to win it all. Yeah. But in terms of choke artist Lamar Jackson <laughs> in the playoffs, like. You it's were, this game. Yeah, it's this game. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay. Here's here's the young buck. Mm-hmm. Here's the next era, you know, and, yeah, the and up and coming kid. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, if, this is the game. So does he recover from it? Uh, n- not ever fully, completely. Yeah. Does he have a hero's journey by winning the, the Lombardi eventually? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. But he he's still the story of him winning a Super Bowl down the road would be about his failure. Not about a two-time MVP mm-hmm. finally getting his a trophy. A decorated quarterback. Right. And also, to bring it up, I mean, I don't think Ravens fans want to hear this. If Lamar loses on Saturday, C.J. Stroud will have more postseason wins in two games than Lamar's had in his career. Wow. Yeah, right? Like, you, Wow. That's wow. That, that is a really tough pill to swallow. So if you think that like Buffalo or the Chiefs are the only team in the AFC side that have got pressure— Baltimore's got a lot. There could be a case made that Baltimore's got the most pressure of anybody. But we'll see how it plays out here. Um, you know, this will be a fun game to watch just because there's two electric quarterbacks. You've got the future of the league and, and kind of the past-slash-present quarterback of the league in Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't want to really call him old because he's not, but he's been around since 2019. You know, it's coming up on half a decade now. It's crazy as that is to say. Ravens and um, Texans coming up 3.30 on Saturday. It'll be the first game kicking off in the NFL Divisional Round. We'll take our final break of the show. When we come back, the injury report just came out for the Buffalo Bills. They are going to be without a guy that shredded the Chiefs in their last playoff matchup. That's next on ESPN Kansas City. You can... We're back here on the shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM. I have, Jack, I have. <laughs> off-air conversation. Jake and I were having a conversation off-air, and I didn't realize my mic was hot. But good thing I didn't say anything bad. Right. And we're going to bring it up anyway in this segment, because I'm very curious. Injury report just came out for the Buffalo Bills. They have ruled out Christian Benford, Balen Spector, Taylor Rapp, and wide receiver Gabe Davis. Wow. He will not be playing in this game. Now, everybody's going to be asking about Bernard, who was carted off the field on, what was that, Sunday? No, Monday. God. Monday, yeah. Forgot the game was postponed. 
Monday afternoon, he was carted off. He hasn't practiced all week. He's not practicing today. He's not been ruled out, though. Sounds like it's going to be a wait and see with Bernard. He could play. If he does, boy, is he going to be hobbled. But it's very clear the Bills want to do everything in their power to get him out there. I think it was an ankle sprain that he's dealing with. (laughs) I mean, talk about the toughness of a guy to play in sub-zero temps with an ankle sprain. I Couldn't be me. Could not be me. They did not rule him out, though. I'd imagine he's doubtful, but it's a wait-and-see on Saturday, likely through some last-minute walkthroughs they may have. But even then, that's not full game action. I'm sure a lot of you, though, are going, well, what were you guys talking about? before you came back from break, Jake asked me a question, and I don't know the answer to it. He does. And it's very interesting leading into this Chiefs and Bills game. He asked me if I knew the quarterbacks that Josh Allen had beaten in the postseason. So I'm going to give you the floor on this. I, I'll i throw out... His record's 5-4, and four, so he's played nine games wow, in the postseason. I think even nine games is a lot. Um... I remember in his first, he lost to Deshaun Watson. Correct. Correct. That was in 2019. 2019. Okay. And then uh, 2020, they played at home against Indianapolis. And would that have been Rivers? That would have been. Correct. Correct. So they played against Rivers. Uh Uh-huh. And then they beat Baltimore. That would have been Lamar that year. There you go. There you go, Lamar. And then they lost to the Chiefs in Mm -hmm. the AFC Championship game. Next season, 2021, they beat New England. <laughs> Mac Jones. Correct, Mac Jones. That was the no punt, no turnover so game. We got Phillip Rivers, we got Lamar Jackson, and you got Mac Jones, and then they lost in, in the divisional yep. round against the Chiefs. Then 2020 last year, mm-hmm. Miami. And that was with Skylar Thompson. Bingo. No, no Tua, Skylar Thompson, and then they lost to Cincinnati at home. So he's beaten... Mac Jones, correct. Skyler Thompson, correct. Philip Rivers, correct. And Lamar with one right. playoff. And I'm missing one more. Aren't and I? This year, and this year. Oh yes. And, and last um, week he beat. Yeah, and I'm uh, Mason Rudolph. There you wow. Go. So four, four quarterbacks. That really, and here's the thing: I'm not going to disgrace Philip Rivers. No, Damn good quarterback. At that not, point in his career, he wasn't Philip Rivers. No. No, he was the corpse of, of yeah. the corpse of Philip <laughs> exactly. Rivers is what he was. That is fascinating. And you know what's even crazier? Nobody's talked about that yet. I'm glad you brought that up before we wrapped up the show. We have not heard anything about who they've beaten. I mean, Mahomes' resume, he has beaten Deshaun Watson. He beat uh Andrew Luck. Right? Yep. Yeah, Correct. Andrew Luck. Correct. Andrew Luck's final year. And I remember you're like, oh, this is going to be the matchup. The, like, wow. This is the right Holmes and Luck. Oh, wait. Luck just and retired. Luck was gone. So <laughs> Luck, Watson, Ryan Tannehill, yep. Jimmy G. So there's kind of a, yep. a fall off there. The next year, um, who did they get in the COVID year? Baker and the Browns. Yep. Then it was Josh Allen. Lost to Tom Brady. Um, then you go to 21, they had the Bills in that first round. So Josh Allen beat Josh Allen, lost to Joe Burrow. Year after that, I know I'm, I'm probably missing a year in there or something like that. You are Steelers matchup. Steelers matchup happened. So that led us into Chiefs-Bills, right? Yep. So they beat Big Ben, yeah. and that's kind of equivalent to the, the Phillip Rivers win for yeah. Josh Allen. It's Big Ben's last game. Um. Then you go to last year, Trevor Lawrence 
Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, very different, different resumes. A little different. Very, there's very no, there's different There's no Mason resume. Rudolph in that in that resume. I mean, the worst quarterback of the bunch, you can debate, which I've had that debate, who, yep. you know, Tannehill or Garoppolo, really. I think only because of what the Titans looked like at that time, I'd probably say Tannehill was tougher to beat. I, yeah, that's yeah, why. Jimmy I was, G I, I was on that side. I was on that side. You know, Jimmy G, you know, I, 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 he was a system quarterback. But yeah. Every quarterback's a system quarterback, so I, I hate saying that. You know, but I'm look. so glad you brought that up. That is, uh, I'm amazed nobody has brought that. Not any no national pundit that we've seen. That's a bad winning list, and he's only five and four. But look, yeah, you, Tony Romo calls him Mister January. You can only play the teams that are in front of you, right? That is true. But they've lucked out a couple of times yeah. on the opponents they've drawn. Yeah, now the they're Holmes not going to. He doesn't have a Skylar Thompson or no. a Mason Rudolph, or you know, his worst playoff win would have been maybe old Big Ben, old Big Ben, yeah, or. Baker back then, but even Baker right. had a pretty good year that year. That you can debate. That's the game he got knocked out of, too. Yeah, so. that is true. And Jimmy G, throw him up there, but that was in a Super Bowl. So yeah, <laughs> right, right. different stakes at that point. But we'll see. Uh, next time we talk to you, we'll know the outcome of the Chiefs and the Bills. But that wraps up another week of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. You have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday, Kansas City. Oh,